0: Hello and welcome to Tracking the Trends. In our third podcast in this many series, we will discuss the litigation risks insurers and reinsurers are facing relating to ESG. And for this, I'm joined once more by Birgit Spisoffer and Catherine Heald. Welcome. In March this year, the European Commission issues a Green Claims Directive. Since then, the Commission has instructed the EUPA other supervisory authorities to provide advice on topics relating to greenwashing, starting with its definition. So, what is greenwashing? As of June 1st this year, it has been defined by the AOPA and the two other supervisory authorities as a practice whereby sustainability related statements declaration, action, or communication do not clearly and fairly reflect the underlying sustainability profile of an entity, a financial product, or financial services. This practice may be misleading to consumers, investors, or other market participants. Birgit, do you see a higher risk of greenwashing actions in the horizon?
1: Yes, uh, thank you, Frédéric. Uh, I think we will increasingly see greenwashing claims in all sectors, including the insurance sector. One of the reasons is that the standards defining exactly what is green are yet to be developed. Another reason is that a lot of enterprises want to do the right thing and adopted far-reaching ESG policies, including across their supply chains, which they cannot always control. In addition, it is relatively easy and cheap for NGOs to attack companies on greenwashing grounds and some NGOs have developed greenwashing claims into a lucrative business model. Thanks Birgit.
0: Another big issue that we have in Europe is a growing number of strict regulations that apply to the financial and insurance sectors. This is motivated by good intention, but it has a negative impact for European interests and interests in comparison to those based elsewhere. Looking at what is occurring in the UK, Catherine, do you think it's fair to say that the UK interests may be less exposed to the risk of greenwashing than the European ones?
2: Yes, I mean as discussed on our previous podcasts. UK law and regulation is still a few steps behind that on the continent. But what we are seeing is an increase in ESG and greenwashing claims generally being brought in the UK courts, with activist groups looking to test the scope and application of existing UK law. These claims do have a broad application though, and so they may apply to insurers just as much as other UK companies. Okay, thanks Catherine. Greenwashing claims also create a reputational
0: risks, so it's important for interest and reinsurers to analyse this risk in advance and to be well prepared. Birgit, in addition to complying with the current regulation relating to ESG, what else do you think companies can do to mitigate the risk of greenwashing
1: claims? Due diligence is one of uh, the means to mitigate the risks of greenwashing claims. It is important for companies to check whether they are really capable of delivering what they promise in terms of policies, products, ESG-compliant production processes, for example, no child labor. We see the first lawsuits concerning promises of carbon neutrality. It is also important to check the portfolio and supply chain companies with regard to their greenwashing risks as greenwashing there can damage not only the reputation of these companies but also of their business partners and it can have an impact on the value of the company and the share price. Thanks Birgit.
0: Apart from the risk of greenwashing claims, we are also seeing an increasing number of regulatory investigation in Europe relating to compliance with ESG regulation. Catherine, you lead a regulatory and investigations team in the UK. What trend are you seeing
2: right now? So the FCA is still talking a lot about ESG um, and ESG is mentioned in their business plan as a key priority for the next 12 months. What this means in practice is is still unclear, though. I find it particularly interesting, personally, to see that, in fact, the FCA itself is being judicially reviewed for approving Ithaca Energy's prospectus. Um, what's being alleged is that the FCA shouldn't have approved that prospectus because it doesn't adequately describe the climate risks involved. On the face of it, this appears quite niche, but it has the potential for much wider relevance, particularly if there is a court decision Um, interpreting there as being a duty on the FCA to factor ESG into its own decision-making processes around things like listing. There's also a sense from the UK regulators, in particular the PRA recently, that firms haven't been moving either quickly enough or far enough to embed a culture of transformation or a commitment to net zero into their businesses. So we may start to see more in the way of investigations and skilled person reports in that area. Uh, Thanks Catherine, very interesting and uh, due to
0: the complexity of the uh, ESG regulation and the ever increasing number of regulation uh, in this uh, area, uh, we also see an increasing risk regarding the involvement of uh, the regulators in uh, Europe. For instance, you know, in December last year, the French regulator, which is called the SCPR, issued a recommendation on the risk of greenwashing in ads relating to life insurance. Birgit, any suggestions as to how the players in the insurance sector may best uh, try to act in order to mitigate their ESG risk?
1: I would suggest monitoring the ESG regulations, standards and guidance and following the increasing case law and litigation applicable to the insurance sector but also to the portfolio companies is an important tool to make sure that the companies are aware of the standards they can be held accountable for. They should follow not only the developments in Europe, but also in the other main markets they are operating in.
0: Okay, and uh, one final area we would like to touch on today are the risks relating to what is insured or reinsured. In other words, there is more and more pressure on insurers about the type of activities they should or should not insure. There may also be a risk of litigation for them, and we need to consider how best to limit those risks.
1: Birgit, any views on that? This is a difficult and very political issue. You may recall that until recently, insurers were asked not to insure companies producing weapons. With the Ukraine war, this political assessment has changed and such companies have become acceptable investments. We see, however, a trend that insurers are attacked in public but also in shareholder meetings when they continue to insure, for example, coal mining or they invest in it. In addition to greenwashing, the investments can become stranded assets. Thanks, Birgit. Thanks, Catherine. The takeaways
0: from today is that it's necessary for the insurance sector to mitigate their risk by being prepared for greenwashing claims. At Dentons, we are here to help you proactively in order to manage those risks in advance or to deal with claim uh, or investigation as they arise. And we uh, also have added benefit from our team uh, at Denton Global Advisor, uh, being on hand to support the uh, reputational uh, aspects you may be uh, facing. Thanks for joining us today and please reach uh, out to any of us if you have any questions. Stay tuned for the next Tracking the Train mini-series coming soon.